Today being Mother's Day, how many knew that it's Mother's Day? Yeah, okay, thank you, yes. Yeah. Um, Trisha, her, her, her boys and uh, husband, she got the best gift of all. She got two brooms, two brooms. <laughs> now, I always said that, you know, why not, why not have um, Mother's Day like Father's Day, give them something very good, you know, sweepers, and so she got two sweepers, so... I guess it's one for each boy and maybe a small one for the other one. Uh, nobody offered? Nobody offered? No, no. So, <laughs> yeah, so, but, uh, but anyhow, I, well, she got more things than that, I'm sure. But, uh, you know, I would happen to be at uh, Tractor Supply when, uh, when Bobby was uh, purchasing his brooms. And, uh, and so it's, you know, it's always good to see men out getting something for their wives. <laughs> <laughs> you know, <laughs> so, yeah, I, I think Trisha ordered the other thing that she wanted and didn't trust Bobby to get it. <laughs> so, yeah, if you want something, get it yourself. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah you won't be disappointed if you get it yourself. That's it. So. Uh, well, today we're doing, I, I thought of the, the book of Ruth. And uh, the, first, the first thought I had was, you know, you go into the scriptures and you, you um, come up with Mother's Day and there's Proverbs 31. And I thought of doing Proverbs 31, but uh, it, it's one of those uh, Proverbs that you, you look at it and uh, a, a good woman is hard to find. That's, that's true. But uh, uh, her husband trusts her without reserve. That's true. Never spiteful. She treats him generously all her life long. She shops around for the best yarns and cottons, enjoys knitting and sewing. You know, some of these things just don't seem to fit, you know. Um, she shops around. I got that part, okay. <laughs> she likes a trading ship that sails so too far to faraway places and brings back exotic surprises. Well, when I was reading over this, I thought, okay, I don't think I want to do that one. Um, she, first thing in the morning, she dresses for work, rolls up her sleeves, eager to get started. Okay, uh, the sense, the, she senses the worth of her work. She's skilled in the craft of homes and hearth, diligent in homemaking. She's quick to assist anyone in need, reaches out to the help for the poor. She doesn't worry about her family when it snows. Their winter clothes are all mended and ready to wear. So there are a lot of things there, and it, it not to detract, but there are a lot of things there that are very important and are very much a part of our lives. But as I was thinking of the story of Ruth and how that Ruth, hi Ruth, yeah. You were just waiting for, yeah. you are just waiting. It's not that Ruth. Uh, yeah. That's, uh, yeah. Paula, that's not the, that's not the things you're, you were thinking of that were characteristic of your mother. So. And they have a little joke going on back there, but I won't ask. Oh. <laughs> she wrote that book of Ruth, huh? Oh, well. Uh, Ruth, do you want to come up and finish this? <laughs> That's a, uh, it's first-hand information. <laughs> so, but as we, as we look at the book of Ruth, it's, it is very much um, uh, an important part of our life, of how, how that we look at faith and how that we, we see ourselves, and ladies, see yourself, 
as, as an individual that is serving God. And we see the characteristics of Proverbs 31. We see those characteristics in Ruth, and we see those characteristics in, you know, and, and again, you know, knitting and clothing and things that we, we some knit and some purchase. But, uh, <laughs> but it's all part of how that we endeavor to, to look at life and, and, uh, and, and decide what's going on. Um, the, Ruth, the book of Ruth it begins with this very fairy tale type beginning, once upon a time. <laughs> um, but it was back in the days of the judges uh, and when the judges were over Israel. You see, before there were kings, there were judges. And the judges would be uh, prophets of God who would declare the message of God and try to bring the people, rally them around their relationship with God. And some of the judges... You know, um, Samuel was the judge who anointed Dave and David, and he was a prophet. And at the same time, they were able to bring the message of God. So the book of Ruth is one of those books that goes, it's during the time of the judges and during the time in which uh, individuals uh, brought forth the message of God. Well, whenever Naomi and her husband at that time was, um, what was his name, Elimelech, that he and Elimelech and, and Naomi and their two sons, there was a famine going on in Jerusalem and in, in the area, excuse me, in Bethlehem. And so they decided to go to a foreign country. A country. They went to Moab. And while they were there, they did well. They, they, they prospered and so on. And uh, the two, two boys got married. But during that time period, uh, her husband dies. And... While they were there, and one report has that the, the two sons were killed in a battle. So now there's three widows. <laughs> and so the three widows, if you are familiar with the time period, a widow was an individual basically uh, left to begging. She, was, she had no one to care for her except her husband and her family. And in this case, her family was gone. And she had no extended family because she left them in Bethlehem and she was in this foreign country. So here she is in this foreign country and her two daughter-in-laws are Orpha and Ruth. So Orpha and Ruth have married the two sons and Naomi gets to the point where, you know, we can't make it here. I can't make it in this country as a widow. I'm going to go back home. I'm going to go back to my place of birth, which is Bethlehem. And so while she is um, there, while she's on this way back home, she, she knows what is awaiting her. She knows that her, these two daughter-in-laws, they're very young. Um, they're young, but she, uh, Naomi, is older, and she cannot have any more children. So at that time period, they, these um, women, they could marry the, the next son. Well, there was no next son, and Naomi says, I'm too old to have children, so you need to go back to your families and to your house and to where your family is and find another husband and go on with life. And she was, oh, how can I say, she was very concerned about her daughter-in-laws, that they not be left to this place of begging, that she not be, they not be in this place of having to beg for a living and Naomi being in a foreign country, you know, she's less likely to receive handouts. Uh, they've taken care of their own first. And then so her ability to survive there was 
uh, very limited. So one day, verse, chapter, verse 6, she, one day she got herself together, she and her two daughters-in-law, to leave the country of Moab and set out for home. So they decide to make the journey back. She decides that it's, she's going to round up what family she has and she's going home. Well, on the way home, after a short while, verse 8, after a short while on the road, Naomi told her two daughters-in-law, go back. I want you to go back home to your families. I want you to go back to them and, and take up living. And, and one of the things that Naomi, later, later on we see how Naomi, whenever she gets to, to Bethlehem, she says, don't call me Naomi, call me Mara. Call me bitter. Now, even though Naomi is bitter over the death of her husband and the death of her two sons, there's still a quality of faith inside of her character. And this is where we cannot allow frustration or fear or grief, sorrow, how things turn out, to, to take away from what's really down deep in our heart. What's really down deep in our heart that God has, God has destined us for something, something good. God has a purpose for our life, and that purpose is good. It's, it's not for evil, it's not for harm, Jeremiah 29, 11. I know the plans I have for you, and they're not to destroy you. God's plans are not to destroy us. So here is Naomi, death of, a son, a death of her husband and a death of her two children, and God's plans are not to harm her or destroy her, but what happens is she, in her grief and her sorrow, thinks that God has abandoned her, that God has forgotten her. But you notice her prayer, and I think it's verse 9. She says, may God give each of you new homes and a new husband. She kissed them, and they cried openly. She still believed in God's ability to provide. No matter what her sorrow, no matter how deep her sorrow is, and even she re refers to herself as Mara, as bitter, but even in that bitterness, she still has a faith in God that God would take care of her daughter-in-laws and see in our life I think of it in the context that we have difficulties but we still need to pray we still need to pray no matter what happens in the day no matter what happens in life we still need to acknowledge God you, whenever we get up every day and we're you know ready to begin take some time to read the Bible read a few scriptures read a devotional and most of all ask God to bless the day and direct our steps we're giving to God the day okay we're giving to God the day and the experiences of the day and we're asking him to give us wisdom and understanding and direction for our everyday life so that we are capable that we are able, available, to deposit those things of God into someone else's life. Um, this, this week, uh, we, we did a radio broadcast, and it's going to be on on Tuesday, correct? Yeah. yeah. It's a two-hour show, but it's 45 minutes of me. <laughs> Uh, not just me, but it's an interview type thing. And it's about, you know, about my book. And um, it's, there again, you, you, you pray and ask God for direction and how that people hear about people here and about people contact. And it's like, that's how, we, that's how I got on this uh, to go and do this radio interview. But it's, it's about how then that, what goes on in that radio show uh, broadcast that will touch the lives of someone else that will touch the lives of someone else 
that will touch the lives of someone else. You see, you don't know. We don't know how far out things go. We don't know where they will stop. All we know is that we're making deposits and our deposits make a difference. And you see, being here today, God is making a deposit into your life. God is making a deposit in which you will be rewarded for your efforts. I mean, you, you, you think that sometimes we think, well, we're just going through the routine of going to church and, you know, there that preacher preaches, you know, all that kind of stuff. But what we receive from this is an expectation, and the expectation is that God is going to plant seeds in our hearts and lives. He's going to make deposits in our life. And deposits in, how many know that deposits in your bank account are really good? Okay, yeah, it's the withdrawals where we get trouble, but deposits are good. And any of you need, if any of you need deposit slips, I have extra. <laughs> A little joke, sometimes people, what? what? I have deposit slips, you know? So, um, <laughs> we find where in Naomi's life, grief and faith collide. You see, uh, and... and <laughs> Uh, I, I'm, uh, what can I say, I dare say the word, uh, that, I, that I, I know a lot about grief, but not, not from personal experience, but from living it through other people's lives. And grief, and when grief and life come together, um, they are a very big challenge. And when sorrow, um, you know, when the, the, I think of the song, when sorrow like sea billows roll, uh, thou has taught me to say it is well with my soul. And the reason that guy, he wrote that song where uh, over the spot where his family uh, went down in a ship and when he was crossing the ocean, when he reached that area of the ocean where his family was drowned at sea, he wrote the song, When Sorrow Like Sea Billows Roll. Thou hast taught me to say it is well with my soul. So you see, when life and grief and sorrow and things collide, there is a place where our faith is still the anchor. <laughs> it's still the anchor that holds us in place and still that which is the strong rock upon which we stand. And, and Naomi is, has found this place of sorrow. And it's, it's been a very difficult place. And it's a difficult place because when bad things happen, the first thing we begin to do is question, did I make the right choice? Did I make a wrong choice that something has happened that is difficult? And we, you know, we have to believe that God is directing our steps and we have to believe that God is going to take us through this and that God is going to bring something good into our life and where our hope is in God, our attention is fixed on Him. Well, they said, the two daughters-in-law said, no, we were going, we're, we're going on with you to your people. But Naomi was firm. <laughs> she knew what was ahead, begging. She knew what was ahead, poverty. She knew that the life of a, of a widow is very, very hard. Go back, my dear daughters, why would you come with me? Do you suppose I still have sons in my wombs for your future husband? Do you think I can have more children for you to have and to you to marry? Go back on your way, please. I'm too old. Why, even if I said there's still hope, this very night got a man and became, you know, had a child, it's, it's not going to work. 
No, dear daughters, this is a bitter pill for me to swallow. <laughs> Excuse me, swallow. More bitter for me than for you. God has dealt with me. God has dealt me a hard blow. So not only is her husband dead, but her two sons. Everything that she had hoped that would be the provision for her life is gone. And, and sometimes I think of that in the context of losing a job or moving or physical problems or whatever. Everything that has come to me that God has dealt me is a hard blow. You see, she believed that God directed their steps. God directed us to leave this country and go back and to go to Moab with the, with the drought. God directed us to be there. He directed my sons to marry you. And God has directed me now to return home after my husband and sons are gone. That's a hard blow. And she's very bitter over it. Again, they cried openly. Orpha kissed her mother-in-law goodbye, but Ruth embraced her and held on. You see, Ruth has a, an expectation. She has an expectation that there is, there is something about her mother-in-law that has, has got her heart, Ruth's heart. And Naomi has faith and she's had a walk with God that is different than, than Ruth has experienced in her home country and with the gods of her own uh, native land. That the God that, uh, that Naomi served and the God that Naomi spoke of was greater than the problems that they were facing. And so Ruth decided that she's not going to go back. And that in verse 16, but Ruth said, don't force me to leave you. Don't make me go home. Where you go, <laughs> I go. Where you live, I'll live. Your people are my people. Your God is my God. Where you die, I'll die. And that's where I'll be buried, so help me God. Not even death itself is going to come between us. So you see, Ruth has got to this place in her life and in her relationship that she is able to, this character of Ruth, that's the title of my sermon, character, this character that is, of, that is in Ruth very much fits into Proverbs 31. Very much is part of what a godly woman that is hard to find. We see the character of Ruth in this outline. And, and as I was trying to think of a, 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 you know, a how, we would, how I would look at this uh, godly person here and depict it in such a way, I thought of it would be easier to see a person, Ruth, and how that this person reflects all the things that are in the Proverbs uh, 31, and how that this person then, Ruth, is rewarded for her character. You see, our character is something that God wants to bless. You're, you're in a position that God wants to bless you. you. We are in a place where God wants to give to us of, of who he is. He wants to give us his spirit. He wants to give us his word. He wants to give us our promise, his promises. Did you know that God does not respond to need? He responds to faith. Our need does not dictate the hand of God. Our faith about what we need is what moves the hand of God. When we believe enough that we act upon our belief, Ruth 
acts upon her belief that the God of Naomi is greater than the God of her country. She is believing that this bitter woman is not the woman that she knows. <laughs> you see, sometimes hard things happen. <laughs> uh, one time I was in a hospital. This was in another church 40 years ago. And, uh, and uh, I was having a procedure done, and I, they, gave me an, a, a, they gave me anesthesia, you know. Anesthesia knocks you out. And so, anyhow, when you come out of it, uh, sometimes you're a little loopy. Uh, so anyhow, I was pulling the IVs out of my arm and yelling at the nurse or whatever, and the lady sitting there is from the church telling Rhonda, that's not our pastor, is it? <laughs> Sometimes we're just not ourselves. <laughs> and, you know, in situations, whether it be chemically induced or, or stress induced or whatever grief induced sometimes we're just not ourselves and that's okay <laughs> you know it's okay to be you and we're going to have our faults and our failures and we're going to have those things but don't let those things define us so when Naomi saw that Ruth had her heart set on going with her she gave in and so the two of them traveled together to Bethlehem God rewards those who diligently seek him Okay, God rewards those who diligently seek him. It doesn't say those who have enough faith to move mountains. It says those who diligently seek him, God will reward. And you see, you're here today. That's a diligently seeking. You know, we're going through the routines, but we're still going through them. We're still showing up. We're still doing our thing. We're reading the word. We're, we're praying. Those are efforts that God will reward. It doesn't say we do them to get rewards. It says that that's a natural byproduct of what we do. You see, when we pray and we ask God to guide us, he is guiding us and he is guiding our steps. And we are the blessings. We are blessed because of that effort. Sometimes I, 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 we just take it for granted. Well, well, I'm showing up in church. This is what I do, what I do. You know, I do this because, you know, I was drugged to church, you know. I was drugged here, you know, by obligation, you know, if I don't show up, you know, people will miss me and they won't miss me if I don't show up, you know, all that kind of garbage. But our efforts are places where God rewards. But she said, this is whenever they get back to, to Bethlehem, and this is uh, Naomi saying, don't call me Naomi, call me bitter. The strong one has dealt me a bitter blow. She hasn't denied her, her belief in God she has spoken her misunderstanding of God. You see, some, we don't understand it all. We don't understand difficulties. I don't understand by, why bad things happen. And, and God has dealt me a bitter blow. I left here full of life, and God has brought me back with nothing but the clothes on my back. Why would you call me Naomi? God certainly doesn't. The strong one ruined me. You know, if you were making up a story about God, you certainly wouldn't put that in there. <laughs> you certainly wouldn't find the person who has faith saying, well, you know, he ruined me. But as and so Naomi was back, notice what they called her. They didn't call her Mara, 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 bitter. They didn't call her that. They said Naomi's back. 
they knew that the Naomi that they knew inside was still there. She was bitter, but Naomi was still there. And Ruth, the foreigner, with her back from the country of Moab, they arrived in Bethlehem at the beginning of the barley harvest. Notice that they showed up at the right time. They showed up at the right time. They didn't show up whenever the harvest was over. They showed up at the very beginning of it. And at the very beginning of the harvest, that's when the opportunities were going to open up for, for Ruth. Divine timing is more important than, uh, you know, we, we need to recognize that God is in charge of not only everyday events, but divine timing, the intersecting of our life with somebody else's. So that we are here at an appointed time, a God moment. Well, one day Ruth the Moabite foreigner said to Naomi, I'm going to work. I'm going out to glean among the sheaves, following after some harvesters who will treat me kindly. So what does Ruth do in the, in the uh, Proverbs 21? They get up early and go to work. She gets up and she's out and she's out there in a field with people she doesn't know in a land she doesn't know doing something she probably hasn't done before. She set out and she went and started gleaning the field following in the wake of the harvesters eventually, eventually, eventually she ended up in the part of the field owned by Boaz. She didn't magically walk into her harvest. She eventually worked her way there. If she had quit too soon, she'd have never made it to Boaz's field. (laughs) But she was diligent in what she was given. She was looking for, trying to find a way to sustain her and her mother-in-law. After all, that was her purpose for coming. She was going to take care of her mother-in-law. She didn't dream that, wow, you know what? I think I'll just go to Jerusalem and find a wealthy man and settle down. Have kids and have money, yes. (laughs) No, she was going there to be a beggar. She was going there to to work in the fields. She was going there to support her mother-in-law whom she loved. And she went to do the right thing for the right reasons. Boom, here we are, doing the right things for the right reasons. We're not dictated and directed by guilt. We are, we, are, we are led by giving and led by serving and led by taking care of people and helping people. The little things of life that picking up grain in the field. <laughs> it doesn't seem like much, but if that's where you're going to get your next meal, you're going to be very diligent at it. Well... Boaz asked the young servant, who was, the, who was foreman over the, the lands? Who is this young woman? Where did she come from? And, and you know, sometimes when you read this, okay, um, Ruth was one fine-looking woman, uh, you know. <laughs> and when Boaz say, saw her, she, beauty has it. I'm going after it. Well, notice it doesn't say that she's a beautiful woman. I'm not saying she wasn't. She probably, maybe she was. The foreman said, why, that's the Moabite girl, the one who came with Naomi from the country of Moab. She's the one who left her hometown to follow a widow. Character. She asked permission. She didn't think she owned it. Character. Let me glean, she said, and gather among the sheaves following after your harvesters. 
Let me work. Let me work for what I can find. She's been steady at it ever since from early morning until now. She has been working all day. <laughs> Proverbs 31. She's up early in the morning working, working, working. Boaz spoke to Ruth. Listen, my daughter, from now on, don't go in any other field. He recognizes the character of, Mo, uh, of, of Ruth. It doesn't say he sees this beautiful woman. He sees this woman of character who is willing to sacrifice for the, the lives of others, and she has given up everything that she knows to come here and live a life of sacrifice and work and, and maybe make a living and maybe not die. So Boaz says, stay here. Stay in my field. He could have, he could have had his pick of any of the women in, in Jerusalem and in, in Bethlehem. Anyone would have been after him. But Boaz recognized the quality of Ruth character and then when when Boaz told her um, feel free to go and drink from the water buckets that my, the servants have filled she dropped to her knees and bowed fa her face to the ground how does this happen that you should pick me out and the and be treated so kindly me a foreigner she saw she, you know she isn't presumptuous she knows that she's in a foreign land. She's despised. They don't welcome foreigners, and especially to foreigners who are going to come in and steal the grain of those who are our own hometown people, the, the hometown widows. They need it more than a foreigner. But she saw the hand of God directing her life, even though she didn't know it was the hand of God. Boaz answered her, I've heard all about you. You know, and uh, heard about the way you treated your mother-in-law. You see, all these other things, all of her character, he's reminding. And um, she joined the harvesters for lunch. And what else? I think one of the most important parts. Boaz ordered his servants, let her glean where there is still plenty of grain on the ground. Make it easy for her. Better yet, pull some of the good stuff out and leave it for her to glean. Give her special treatment. Her character influenced Boaz. And one person called this handfuls on purpose. God will leave handfuls on purpose in our path. You see, it was her working and her being there that brought about the declaration for the harvesters to leave handfuls on purpose for her to pick up. And in our lives, there are handfuls of God's blessing left in our path for a divine purpose. And that we are to pick them up. You know, sometimes you go along, I mean, find a penny, pick it up every day, you'll have, all day long you'll have good luck. Well, we don't have good luck. We've got handfuls on purpose. <laughs> and if it's a penny, so be it. You know, I remember leaving the bank, and there were, I walked out of the bank, and there's a $20 bill on the ground. Oh, whoa, I like this. I picked it up, went a little further, there's another 20. Went a little further, and there's another 20. There was over $100, $120 following, you know, down through the parking lot of the bank. And, of course, I said, I'll keep it. Thank you, God. No. <laughs> I went back in and I, I told her, I said, 
I found all this money in the parking lot. If nobody claims that I want it, <laughs> you know, but he said, okay, we wrote that later on in the afternoon, somebody stopped by at the window and was yelling at them for shortchanging them. <laughs> and uh, they said, we shortchanged you 120 bucks. And he says, yes, you did. $120, you shortchanged me. And they said, well, the preacher found it in the parking lot and he turned it in. <laughs> you see, handfuls on purpose. God's blessing that we brought into someone else's life. And the story goes on, and we find how that Boaz and Ruth come together, and how that her life that began with the death of her husband ends up being, make sure I get it right here, ends up being the, the way in which God blesses her, and Boaz and Ruth get married. And their son is Jesse, oh, excuse me, their son is Obed, and his son is Jesse, and his son is David. You see, when God leads us each step of the way, even whenever we don't see his leading, he's still leading us. God hasn't lost sight of us, hasn't lost sight of you. He has handfuls on purpose for us to pick up. And all the blessings that we receive in our life, they're a gift from God. Give thanks. Every day, get up and give thanks for the blessing that God is going to give to us. And today, Mother's Day, give thanks for the blessing that God has given to us, our mothers. Father, I thank you for the blessing of this day, for the blessings of the handfuls on purpose, the blessings of character, of doing the right things for the right reasons, I pray, God, that you give us wisdom and strength and guidance. I pray that you help us to be like Ruth, that even in times when things don't look right, we just continue to do the right, and we know, Lord, you will bless us. Thank you. Thank you, God, for being God and blessing our lives. Amen. Amen.